church say amen. amen. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. What a downgrade. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also had highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. The Bible teaches us here in Philippians chapter 2. The passages I read verses 4. Well I'm sorry. Verse 5 through 10. That Jesus being in heaven. Sitting at the right hand of God. Took a downgrade. And when I say a downgrade, Jesus humbled himself to become less than what he held as a role and served as a purpose in heaven. He became fashioned as a man, flesh and blood like us, vulnerable, subject to temptations and all of these other things. But yet, He served faithfully. Leaving heaven's throne. And coming down to dwell up on this earth. As a man. He served faithfully. Having to endure temptations. Having to endure persecution. Having to endure. Being lied on. Forsaken. All of the things that he had to go through. In his journey while he dwelt here on earth. He served faithfully. Why? Because it pleased the father. His father had a mission for him to do. And nothing else in life was more important to Jesus than pleasing his father. He didn't allow anyone or anything to come between carrying out that mission that men will have the opportunity to be reconciled back unto God. Jesus understood the importance Of how great of a responsibility he had weighing on his shoulders. And he wasn't about to allow anything. Even though being transformed from 
spiritual to flesh. He wasn't going to allow anything or anybody to come between completing the mission he had at hand. Man, wouldn't it be great if we took the mission that sincere? Wouldn't it be great if we had that same mind that we are charged? It says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What mindset is that? That he didn't allow what this world has to offer to compromise his mission, to compromise what he was put here on this earth to do. He didn't allow any of those things to distract him. Wouldn't it be great if we were able to carry out our missions and not be distracted and allow things of this world to come between us and our service to God? This morning, I would like to present a lesson found in our bulletin, God inconveniences all who would follow him. Folks, whether you believe it or not, to be a Christian it's going to bring about some inconveniences yeah. in your life yeah, as you live on this earth. Yeah. Now, you may say, well, I, I don't see it as an inconvenience. And really, you shouldn't. <clears throat> Excuse me. You shouldn't. Because your life should be hidden in Christ. But can we be real? Most of us, not at, we're not at that point. And we still struggle in making decisions and doing what is right and what is wrong. Or should we do this or can we do this? And you know, I just ask God to forgive me later. To be a Christian, if you don't have God in the center of your life involving everything. Everything. Believe it or not, before you know it and sometimes it'll sneak up and bite you. You're going to find other things pushing God out of the way. And then the next thing you know, you're not dedicated in giving God as much time as you used to. Now you're finding down the road that you're trying to fit God in somewhere. Because other things in life has occupied your time. But see, folks, let's be real. The greatest commandment, once asked Jesus, what is the greatest commandment given? And Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, mind, soul, and strength. Well, folks, if that is the greatest commandment, that leaves nothing else for the world. My life must be totally committed to God. And if it's not totally committed to God, I am not fulfilling the greatest commandment. But brother may things occur. No, no, no. No if, no ands, no buts. See, really what it boiled down to, you're either on board or you're not. 
Remember when Jesus was going around, he came unto a family and he asked the young man, he said, follow me. And the man said, I'll follow you, but first allow me to bury my father. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Now, some may look at that and say, man, that's cold blooded. You mean Jesus didn't have the patience to wait until they have the funeral or this and that? No, no, no. It's not cold blooded. It calls for a person to make up their mind. Jesus offered eternal life unto this person. Jesus said, come and follow me. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The question is, how dare you put that on hold for something that can't benefit you? Jesus said, let the dead, let those who don't have enough sense to follow me, let the dead. Because that's what you are when you don't follow Jesus. Let the dead bury the dead. Because you know what? You follow me, you can have eternal life. But without me, you have nothing. Amen. Young man came unto Jesus and said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus told him a list of things to do. He said, I've done all of those things. I've kept those things. But Jesus, knowing his heart, And I believe that's what we keep forgetting about God. He knows us. Jesus knowing it's hard. Jesus said, go sell all that you have. Go sell it. And give it unto the poor. And the Bible says that same young man who said, I had kept all of these other laws and lived up to all of these other things. The Bible said, He dropped his head. He dropped his head. And he walked away. Even having kept all of those laws, his heart still wasn't in the right place. See, sometimes we get caught up in looking at what we have done. And trying to establish our own self-righteousness. But folks, there's nothing we will ever be able to do to compare to what Jesus did for us. And then we look at, well, this is important to me. What can be more important to you than loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? That's the only way you're going to go to heaven. God inconveniences all who will follow him. That sounds strange. Even disrespectful at first. But when considering what the word means and considering biblical examples. It demonstrably true that the following That following God is not meant to be convenient. When you stop and think about everything Jesus did, it was against the normal way of thinking of man. 
It went against nature in many cases. Whoever in the right mind would think it would make sense to love your enemies. Who would think it would be logical to pray for them that despitefully use you? Who would say it makes sense logically to do good unto them that despise you and hate you? No, the normal way of thinking in life would be you do unto others before they do it unto you. You don't, you don't pray for folks who despitefully use you. You get back at them before they can get you. You already know they hate you. So why expose yourself? Why put yourself in a position for them to keep using you? I tell you why. Because Jesus said so. Webster defines convenient as suited to personal comfort or to easy performance. The path of self-denial, Luke 9 and 23, and rebirth, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, to which God calls us, does not leave room for personal comfort and easy performance. It never has. Consider those who have taught us this lesson over the millennia. Abraham lived at home with his family. And from all indications, was quite well off. He was rich. It was in this state that God commanded the future patriarch to leave his entire life behind for a land he had never seen. Now think of how uncomfortable that had to be. It is one thing to tell a poor, broke person. To pack up and leave. Number one, they don't have much to pack up. Number two, they ain't got nowhere or anything anyway. But Abraham had riches. Abraham had family. And what do we value so much in this life? Come on, let's be honest. We value family, we value riches. Goods. And God told Abraham... Get up out of there. Get up out of there. And you know what Abraham did? He didn't sit around and ask, why? Where am I going? What's up? No, the Bible said early the next morning, Abraham was gone. Moses was living in exile with his in-laws. Working as a shepherd, far away from the problems of the Israelites in Egypt. It was in that state God called Moses from the burning bush, sending him to confront Pharaoh and lead God's people out of slavery. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Moses fled from Egypt, he murdered a man. Pharaoh had sent 
people after Moses. And God summoned Moses to say, I want you to go back to Egypt. What? What? Oh, but that's not the kicker. I want you to go to Pharaoh. I want you to go to the top, not to the deputy, not to the vice president. I want you to go to Pharaoh. God, read it, folks. God did not instruct Moses to ask Pharaoh anything. He said, you tell Pharaoh. Do you know? <laughs> Some of you dealt with people in authority, right? And you know, it's one thing people in authority, especially rich people, how many people, they don't like being told what to do. Now imagine Pharaoh been out there herding sheep, goats, and God said, yo, Got to go back to Egypt, man. And you go unto Pharaoh and tell him. I said, let my people go. Not only having to go unto Pharaoh and tell him, but you're telling him about a God Pharaoh refused to acknowledge. I can only imagine at first Moses said, I don't mind being around these stinky sheep and goats. Man, you fit to send me on a death sentence. You want me to go tell Pharaoh, not ask, tell him. You want me to go tell the top guy over all of Egypt. You want me to tell him. That's right. And you know what Moses did? He told him. He told him. See, what we would consider, what we would consider sometimes inconvenience is we should look at it as a faith building exercise. Because God is not going to require anything of us that he don't already know the outcome. But when you walk by sight, you'll never understand it. But when you walk by faith, you can grow and become stronger in your faith. It will allow you to venture out. It will allow you to take a stand on situations, on issues and things that you never would have taken a stand on before. Peter, Andrew, James, and John were doing just fine as fishermen. Yes, they were. As was Matthew as a tax collector. Jesus called them to drop all they knew and follow him. And guess what? They had families. You know something? I shared with somebody the other week. I said, you ever notice in the Bible, even from the old into the new whatever. 
you never heard much chatter from these men wives. Now, I'm not saying that to put down anybody, any wives or anything, but I'm just simply saying, these men right here, they had wives. Yeah. They had families. Jesus said, drop what you're doing, come and follow me. And they did. Why don't we hear anything about the wife saying, man, are you crazy? I would like to look at it as, hey, somewhere within that plan, God doesn't tell us, but somewhere within that plan, somewhere, they had to know everything was going to be all right. My husband isn't just going to up and leave me hanging like that without some kind of assurance. Remember even an occasion later when the men got together, held a private meeting, didn't invite Jesus. And they were concerned. They said, we've been following this man and what do we have to show for it? And the Bible said, Jesus, knowing their hearts and knowing what they were saying, he said, no man having left his mother, his family, another, man, ain't nothing I can't restore back unto you. More than what you had. But I got to give these men some credit now. The Bible said, Jesus said himself, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. But the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. In other words, they traveled around, traveled around. Jesus didn't have no penthouse. Jesus didn't have anywhere. Every time you look at Jesus said, go buy this. Go borrow this. Go get this. He didn't have a house to invite them into. Not down here. But the house that's most important is the one when he, did, when he left and said, I go to prepare a place for you. But give the man some credit. Man, that had to be inconvenience. You're leaving your children. You're leaving your wife. And you're following this man who soon you're going to come to find out people hate this man with a passion. Yeah. It seemed like the more good he does, they hate this man. And we've left our families and we out here, we are identified with him. Remember Peter? When everybody else booked and left Jesus hanging, when they came to arrest him, Peter said, all others may forsake you, but hey, I'd die for you. Jesus said, put the sword up, homie. I don't roll like that. And then all of a sudden, Peter was in the backdrop. How in the world are you going to do battle with these folks? And you don't want me to use a sword? And Peter followed a distance off. They carried Jesus to the praetorium and they judged him. And remember, Jesus had told Peter, the rooster going to do what? 
is going to crow what? Before it crow, you're going to deny me three times. And here these men are, they are identified with Jesus. Oh, that had to be an inconvenience. Especially when that lady said, for sure, I know you're one of them. You talk like him. <laughs> of course, we could explore countless other lives from the Bible. Gideon, Elijah, Amos, Jonah, Paul, and the list goes on. All of which drive home the same point. If God is going to use us in his service, we had better be prepared to be inconvenienced. Let's look at some ways we deal with inconvenience in our walk. Can we take a few minutes and do that? Well, we, 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 we say it's an inconvenience. It's really not. It really boils down to we haven't made up our mind to follow Jesus. Sometimes we allow our job to interfere. And I know you got to work to eat. If a man don't work, he don't eat. A man don't provide and take care of his family. The Bible says he's worse than an infidel, an unbeliever. But how far do you go having to work versus wanting to work? See, sometimes we, we say, I have to do things when the truth of the matter is. We don't have to. We want to. Amen. We have to live holy. We have to live godly. We have to evangelize. We have to love. Those are things we must do. We don't have to have the latest of everything that come out. Amen. We don't have to. And even if our heart desired, if we go about it the right way, if God's will is for us to have it, he can see that we get it. Amen. If we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yeah. But so often, folks, we... We like to substitute other things in life to take away our service from the church, to take away our service from God. And then we will say, well, how come we can't substitute and do it some other way? Because God didn't authorize another way. Why can't it be God's way the way he has it written to be done? Folks. I'm not afraid to tell you, you know what? I haven't been the most popular person since the pandemic and my position about Zooming. And I've had members of this congregation as well as others say, well, we can't control the pandemic. I said, God's word don't change. God has outlined how to worship him. The government never put a total ban on worshiping, on coming together. Mm 
And I believe that's God's hand. Well, and that leaves us to make up in our minds how much does our heart desire to want to come and worship Him. So what, what kind of stuff have I heard over the last six months or so or whatever? Well, you know, I, I, I don't want to go out anywhere, but you're going everywhere else. Right now. Yeah. How is it a person who calls themselves a Christian is afraid to come to worship, but they'll go to everywhere else? Is Corona in the doctor's office? Is Corona in the hospitals? Oh, you better believe it is. Is Corona in the grocery store? Is Corona at Cracker Barrel? Is it at other restaurants and other places? Sure it is. But I can go to all of those places and more, but yet I'm afraid to come and assemble with the people of God where the Lord himself is present. See, some of us would say that's inconvenience. That's not being inconvenienced. That's a lack of faith. Amen. Inconveniences when there's a total ban, and now you got to figure out how I'm still going to worship God. Yeah. Whether we got to meet in somebody's house without being caught or whatever. This and that. Folks say, well, well, hey, there are places, there are countries where people have to sneak and hide to worship. Yeah. We're just so blessed and fortunate, we don't have to do it. And even when it was left open for us to still meet. We had to modify in a certain way. Some of us, it seems as if, I, hey, I could be wrong, but it seems as if some people were happy not to have to worship. <laughs> so, so, why not Zoom? Why not worship? Why not assemble together? Amen. It's a reason God instructed worship to be that way. Mm -hmm. If he's going to show up, shouldn't you be there? Amen. Why should he instruct us to assemble and say, you say, well, I don't need to be there. Well, who are you worshiping? All right. I use Zoom as, a, as an example because I know that's a popular thing. And you, you got to be careful what you jump on board following. Amen. The first thing you better do is look in the word of God. Amen. See, there, there, was some, there was some young man who substituted a fire that God instructed. Yeah. And God killed him. Yes, he did. I told him what kind of fire. The Bible said they offer a strange fire. And God killed them on the spot. God instructed men in the past to utterly destroy other, other nations and other people and everything. But people took it upon themselves to say, man, why let all this good spoil go to waste? 
We'll say this and then present it as an offering unto God. If God had wanted it, he would have told you to save it. You can't offer unto God what you want and you can't offer it unto him how you want to. See, being a Christian, it requires you not your will, but God's will be done. We can't modify John 4, 24. We can't modify that. We can't modify Hebrew 10, 24, 25. You can't change that. It says what it says. There's a purpose. There's a need for us to come together. Quiet this morning. So when you consider following Christ, you need to consider, man, it's going to challenge your faith. It's going to challenge you to have to stand up and make decisions that you probably never thought about making. As parents, you're going to have to make decisions about your children and take a stand on things because you know what? The world is going to try to redirect and direct you in the wrong way. And if you as a parent don't stand up and speak up, you know what? How in the world are you going to stand up and say, I represent Christ when they can look back and say, well, we had this and had this and it took you away from your church, from your God, and you didn't have a problem with it. Is it just me? But for years, for the past 10 years or so, maybe longer than that, you see how the devil works. Why is it when I was growing up, people used to be religious minded? Yeah. Most businesses on Wednesdays would close at noon. Wednesday was just a day that you know, everybody went to Bible, Bible class Wednesday night. I don't, it, I don't care who. It was just designated as such. Yeah. But as time progressed on, you know what? The devil got to work in, and then all of a sudden, all of your school activities, your meetings and everything, guess what day they would fall on? Uh, Wednesdays. Yeah. Yeah. I used to ask, why don't you have it on Tuesday or Thursday? No, Wednesday. You know why? It, it, it ain't no it ain't no mistake. Amen. That's the devil working. Yes, sir. Anything to take people focus away from God. Yeah. You look around today. You don't have to believe. Look around for yourself. Every time somebody want to hold something or do something, they want to throw it on a Wednesday. Amen. Yeah. And you know what? We as members of the body of Christ, and not only Wednesdays, now now they want to throw stuff and have it on Sundays. And some people will tell you, well, you got to be in church all day. 
So basically what they're saying is they don't respect your God. Amen. They don't respect what Sunday is supposed to mean. They don't, they don't respect it and they don't care. Amen. And if we don't stand up and speak up, you know what? We're going to raise a group of children and Sunday won't. Sunday going to mean as little to them as Sunday means to the NFL. And as far as the NFL is concerned, Sunday is their day. You know, just like people who, who, who forsake the assembly up and man, I, I, I got season tickets. I got to go see the Falcons. Man, if I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to go to hell for a winning team. Gee, bad enough. You forsake your sinning, then you're going to sin for a losing team. But no, I don't care if they want to feed him. Sometimes you just got to take the stand and look at what's right. What's right? Amen. Where, where does God stand in this equation? Right. Some things you're just going to have to miss. You're not going to die because you miss a game. That's right. Now, you know, schools, they want to organize and do stuff on Sundays to take your children away from worship. And they want to travel and do all this. So, so what do we say as parents? All right now. What do we say? All right. I'm going to say this and you take it how you want to. Yeah. That's one thing I do admire about the Jews. Yeah. You could talk about them. You say whatever you want to. But there's something I do admire about them and how they raise their children and what they stand in and believe on. They don't compromise. Amen. Amen. We claim to be Christians. We claim to be uh, followers of Christ and all this stuff. And then we'll waver on anything. Jews will say, no, we can't eat that. Sure. So you know what? You got to implement a, 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 an additional meal or something. You got to, you got to accommodate me. No, my child can't participate on that day because, you know, we got Yom Kippur and uh, Hanukkah and this and that. And you know what? They said, well, we, we'll work something out. And some of us as Christians, we'll just say, well, I'll catch service next time. Mm -hmm. I'll catch Bible class next time. Yeah. Yeah. And you love the Lord thy God with what? Huh? huh? Help me out. You love the Lord thy God with what? Some of your heart. Some of your mind. Some of your soul. Not all. Folks, I'm calling. I'm challenging you today. To make up your mind. To make up your mind and, and, and figure out and decide whose side are you really on. 
Because see, there, there's no halfway of serving. There's no partial truth. If it ain't all the way truth, it's a lie. Amen. If you're not all the way on board with Christ, you ain't a Christian. Amen. The Bible said you're either with me or against me. Judas pretended all those years to be with Christ. But he was found out in the end. He was found out just as the scriptures say, rest assured, be you sure, your sins will find you out. What's done in the dark is going to be brought to the light. I challenge you today. I call on each and every one of you today. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. Who's on board and who's not? Because see, as I said this past Wednesday night, you know what? Some some people just come around to trouble us. You ain't made up your mind. You got, you got the aching mentality. Come on. And you're bringing sin in the camp. Yeah. I'm challenging you today. If you're going to walk it, live it. Amen. Amen. It's going it's to cause some inconveniences. But it's not going to require anything of you that's going to kill you that, guess what? You can't live and get over. The word of God said, God's commandments are not grievous. Well, if his commandments are not grievous, there's nothing that is going to be required of you as a Christian, according to God's word, that you can't do. Amen. Romans 12 and 1. Present your bodies what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your what? Reasonable service. Reasonable yeah. service. Yeah. Well, if it's reasonable, that simply means, guess what? You can do it. Man. You could do it. But here's the problem. As I close, here's the problem. And many of us just refuse to admit. We love this world. We love what the Lord commands us not to love. John said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in this world, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Of those three categories, we're hung up somewhere. We're hung up somewhere. And that's why we, we, we struggle when it comes to certain decisions to make. Well, should, should, I, should I go to worship today or should I do this? Why should there even be a discussion? Should I attend Bible class or, or not? Why should there be a discussion? If I'm going to let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus, it should be automatic. 
if Jesus left heaven and came to earth, you don't have anything to offer that could compare to that. So what is there to debate? And you love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Folks, Christianity, it could, it could be inconvenience. Only if you ain't made up your mind. That's right. But when you make up your mind, even death don't bring about a stumbling block for you to do what you need to do. And we got biblical proof with Jesus himself. Oh, he had some times when he in the flesh was weak, but he prayed. Father, let this cup pass. If there be any other way, oh, Father, I'm looking for it right now. I need to know. But what happened? But not my will, but thy will be done. And you know what that added up to? Calvary's calling. Calvary's calling. And he went on to fulfill the mission. Death didn't stop him. The scourging didn't stop him. The name calling, the the, the mocking, it didn't stop him. Because it meant too much to his father. We say, I'm concerned about how God looks at me and what he thinks of me. Are are we really? Are we really? Romans 8, in closing, Romans said, he asked the question, Paul right? what can separate us from the love of God? Any height? Any depth? No. Any man, any woman, any situation? No. Nothing should be able to separate us from the love of God Amen. that he has shown toward us. Amen. Are you really, truly that concerned about how God looks at you this morning? It's one way to prove it. Live it. Amen. Live it. Put God back in the center of the circle. Yeah. And you fit everything else around God. And if the, if the day, if the hours in the day run out, you don't have enough, tough on that. But you keep God in the center. Because it's God you're going to need down the road. It's God you're going to stand before in the judgment. And it's God you're looking to save you in the end. Not things, stuff, and other situations that you're putting before God right now. You can't please God 
by loving this world. Amen. Amen. So folks, when you stop and think about, well, I know I need to do this. Don't, 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 don't let the devil trick you into doing what's wrong. When you know what to do, the Bible said to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. Well, I know I need to be at Bible class, but something else came up. No, no, no. If you know and you're not coming, to you it is sin. And the wages of sin is Yeah. Amen. Sin cuts you off from God, folks. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And if you're going to abide in sin, there ain't no need in you praying. Because you've been cut off. Amen. So when you know to do what's right, do it. Amen. We, we get so concerned about how something is going to work out. Let God fight your battles. Amen. And let people see who do you really stand up and represent. That's right. A lot of things you're not, you're not going to be popular about. But guess what? Neither was Jesus. That's right. And he didn't do any wrong whatsoever. Amen. But I'd rather be known as that person for doing what's right than to be that hypocrite claiming they're a Christian, but I sell out the church on anything. Yeah. Oh, I knew it wasn't going to be much hallelujah, amen today. Yeah.